This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Fubar Radio and UN Women UK present a live 24-hour radio show. 24 hours. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is our live 24-hour radio show, all for the um, UN Women UK to support the He for She campaign um, in Arts Week. So welcome. I'm doing uh, the entire live show. My name is Rachel Downey. We are here till 5pm. Now, this show is all about raising awareness and raising money for the He for She campaign. So we would love you to support us. Text UNWN15, followed by the amount you want to donate to 770 or money donated is going towards changing the reality for women and girls globally now we've got another new guest uh, in the studio my co-host for the next three hours is Michaela Stark hello Michaela hello and good morning you shockingly sprightful woman I know it's annoying isn't it it's like how how is this humanly possible I don't know you tell me it's a miracle look at you I am a miracle just look at me (laughs) go on everyone take a moment and look at me how are you Mick I'm good I'm good I'm happy to be up here at 6am yeah you're a good friend you really really are Um, tell our (laughs) listeners we've got a call in a moment um, so I'll be very brief and then chat to you a little bit more in detail a bit later but tell us uh, briefly a little bit about yourself Um, so basically I am a female entrepreneur and I am the founder and editor of Made With Style which is a bridesmaids company online so basically it's the one stop hub for all stylish bridesmaids unique hen ideas and most importantly, stylish bridesmaids dresses. No taffeta on the website whatsoever. That's what I like to hear. Don't need any taffeta. <laughs> uh, we'll be chatting a little bit more about Maybe Style. Um, but let's go to the phone lines because we've got Samantha Johnson on the phone. Samantha, welcome. Hi, good morning. How can you be so sprightly? <laughs> Stop the morning. Oh, I know. You're a morning person, aren't you? I... I'm not a morning person. I try to be, but um, coffee helps a lot. Coffee is the key, I think, to this, considering... It's um, king and queen. It's brilliant. It really, really is. I think I'm 13. Am I 13 hours in? I think I am. My, oh, my gosh. It's mad, right? Crazy. I, 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 I salute you. I really do. I, I mean, it's nine o'clock here in um, Istanbul, and I'm struggling. How are you doing this, Rach? I've had a nap and everything. Um Samantha, you're um, obviously a sports presenter working for TRT uh, World in Turkey. You do um, Beyond the Game for TRT World. Um, you're also the only female black anchor in Turkey and likely, what, the whole of Europe, would you say? What's it, first of all, what's it like out there right now? Are you enjoying this experience? I am loving the experience. I've been yeah. out here for, what, two years? I'm in my third year. Wow. Yeah, I came out in 2015, November. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what to expect. I mean, you know, you think of Turkey and all you think of is, mm. you know, the amazing beaches yep. and the sun. And when I landed in November, it was great. It was cold. I'm like, uh. where's the sun? What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been one heck of a journey. And just, I, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, an X-Factor contestant, but it's not been a, an emotional journey or anything, but it has been. It's been, it's had its ups and it's had its downs. A lot of it is down to, you know, what happened politically in terms yeah. of, you know, the terror attacks and then mm. the coups and you just think, okay, what am I doing here? Yeah. But the good has outweighed the bad and I've had, in terms of my work, it's it's grown, it's been brilliant and then the lifestyle and me as a person, as a woman, it's just been really good and I wouldn't change this experience for anything. It's been absolutely, I've loved it and I'm loving it as well, more importantly. 
hard was it to make that decision to to move countries? It's it's a huge decision. Did you find it a challenging decision? Or was it quite easy for you? Um, I actually don't know how to answer that because I knew I wanted a challenge in my life at that mm. stage. Um, I was kind of bored with the industry, the sports industry. You know what it's like. Yeah. And you just think, okay, there's nothing that's fulfilling me right now. I mean, okay, I might be getting paid, but I'm thinking, okay, it doesn't really test me. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm progressing. So, you know, there was this opportunity and I thought, well, okay, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have any kids. I was in a relationship at the time, but it was long distance. And I just thought, why not? It's, it's another chapter. It's another journey. I'm like, I'm just, I, just, I just took it. And I think at that time, I, I wasn't scared. I wasn't, you know, doubting, my, just, uh, doubting myself. I just thought, okay, let's just go for it. I'm very much, once I've made a decision, I'm like, okay, let's go for it. And then I'll think about the repercussions yes. afterwards. I'll panic later. And then it's not until, yeah. <laughs> not until I'm like two years in, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was wow. like the biggest decision I could have made. And yeah, I mean, you, you get here and then there's the language barrier. I mean, I'm getting better at Turkish just a little bit. It's not good enough to have a full conversation but I can get by and it's yeah I mean hindsight is an amazing thing but when you look back mm. oh my gosh that was huge so do you feel so when you back me that now, like, Sam do I feel like what do you feel quite settled now oh yeah I mean yeah I've got a, a great apartment I'm living in a really nice area I I'm enjoying my job I'm very I'm more comfortable like walking around Istanbul and knowing the areas and where mm. I need to go and mm. things like that. I mean, the first year was difficult because I didn't know anything. You know, yeah. I didn't know a lot about Turkey or Istanbul. And to be honest with you, my mindset was to be there for about a year, but it just kind of rolled into two, two and a bit. And then a lot of things happened in the meantime as well. So I actually split up from my, um, from my other half. That was like a huge breakup, but the best thing that ever happened. And, mm you know, life takes a different course and you just go with it. And I think for the first time in my life and in my career, I just kind of sat back and just let it happen rather than fret about the future and, like, go by timelines. Like, I'm not here in two years' time. I'm going to consider myself as a failure or, you know, I just didn't put so much pressure on myself and I relaxed. And once I relaxed, I started to enjoy myself. Yeah, and just, yeah. Yeah, and it happens to all of us just at different mm. times. But, no, it's... Yeah, I, I go back to my original point. I'm settled. I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying the opportunities. It's I've been I've had a lot of support, not just from people back in the UK, mm. but a lot of Turkish people here as well. A lot of Turkish women. You know, they've they've been so welcoming, and it's just a, a great feeling to be here. Um, and also, let's talk about you know. Obviously, we're here for the He for She campaign for UN Women UK. Mm-hmm. Um, as a female in sport, what mm-hmm. either sexism have you come across? What hurdles have you come across? Um, wait. Yeah. Where do you start? Um, no, it's okay. There's another another uh, part to this as well. It's not just the fact that I'm a woman; it's the fact that I'm a black woman mm. as well. Mm. And we will always have, you know, different, you know, hurdles to to overcome. But I remember working in a newsroom um, when I first started out, and it's it's very intimidating when you're, you know, the only female, female, only black female, surrounded by, you know, middle-aged white men, and mm. you just think, okay, how am I going to navigate this? 
Now, I've never had a problem standing up for myself. I've got a mouth on me. I can give the bands, I can take it, yeah. whatever. But you always know when someone's crossing the line. And I remember, like, this editor, he tried to do some kind of banter with me. And this was on an early shift. I'm not, again, like, I'm not a morning person, so don't mess with me. I just I can't really take <laughs> Just <it>. don't. So, um, <laughs> and he tried to do some kind of banter where, you know, he said, oh, oh, Samantha, you look lovely today. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, I'm bearing in mind, I'm, you know, on the computer, I'm working on the rundown and everything. And he tried to do, or tried to say something that's kind of banterish in that, oh, yes, you look so good, you should meet me afterwards. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, you know, it's that kind yeah. of tone. Yeah. And I looked at him to think, are you flipping serious? And the, my friend, Dino, Dean, he's, um, I love him to bits, I still talk to him to this day. And, um, I looked at him and he heard it and he said, Sam, that was cringe. And I didn't, I wasn't offended by it, but I just, well, no, I was offended by it. But I actually felt sorry for him. Mm. I just thought, wow, you really tried it. Like, you, it, was, it was embarrassing to sit there and watch this grown-ass man actually say something like that to me. And I'm like, do you think that was funny? And he walked off, but I, it was uncomfortable, but I felt more uncomfortable for him. If, I don't know if I'm making myself clear. But that was just one incident where, you know, you do get men trying to say inappropriate things to you. The way I handled it was I'm looking at you in disgust and I feel sorry for you. And would you and say there's been the, the difficult thing as well is that I've just started. I just started out in the industry, so I don't know whether to kick up a fuss as well. Mm. You think, what do I do? But I do remember in that point of time, I just thought I, I just, yeah, no. Nah. It's not for me, mate. It really isn't. And then there's the also the other incident where someone will say, "I'll oh, make it. Um, can you make me a tea, love? You know, that oh. beautiful word, love. Oh, <laughs> gosh. It just, oh, touches a nerve. And my reaction was, look, mate, you know where the kettle is. You can go get it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You can't and then, <laughs> and it's And then we laughed about it and whatever. But I'm deadly serious. Like, seriously, don't ask me to make you a cup of tea when you can do it yourself. And, you know, again, I just take it as, what it is not what it is but i just it's how i react to it i don't let it get to me and i power i power through and would you but say at the same answer, time I have a mouth. Um, yeah. would you say that there's a difference in the discrimination that you've experienced in the uk and turkey oh yeah i mean i'm, I'm far more accepted here really than okay. i yeah really? I interesting yeah mm. yeah seriously i mean it's obviously it, it, i mean i don't look turkish um, <laughs> that's you put it. um so they're, they're, they're more intrigued like, oh wow what are you doing here like, okay i work here yeah. i'm a sports journalist and it's like oh wow and you know welcome and oh, they don't see it true. as a barrier or as a, a negative i've just been embraced but the thing that's helped me is that my work has been really good so i can back it up as well so i've that's had some great thing. interviews mm. or great stories i can i think that's been a huge factor because a few of my interviews have been picked up by international press and mm -hmm. they like the fact that these stories are coming from turkey as well um i don't know what the industry is like in the uk at the moment but i just know it was harder for me because i had to prove myself one because i'm a woman two because i'm black three because i'm working class it's just there were just too many factors and it mm. kind of it's kind of draining after a while mm. you know it's I mean, yeah, Rachel, you could probably tell me what the industry is like now, but 
it's, it's yeah. yeah i'm far happier out here right now which is amazing and to be honest uh, you being named in the 2016 football blacklist how much <laughs> of an honor was that for you how proud were you of that accolade um i'm proud it's it, yeah. it takes you back because you do get into a routine of just doing your work and getting on with it so and it's I don't really yeah, take time down. to stop. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just power through. It's a job, yeah. And it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you just don't take a moment to step back and think, oh, wow, that happened, that happened. Wow, that, I'm, that's cool. Like, I'm actually really happy that I did this and proud that I did this. And then when you get recognition from someone else, you just feel really humbled because you're doing what you love for a living. So it's, I don't know, to be recognised by your, your community, by your peers, it, it's a tremendous honour. It's, yeah, it, it left me speechless. And then, obviously, the first thing you do is you call your mom. I told my nan. <laughs> and like, oh, my gosh. And it's, yeah, I mean, one of the, it's one of the first things I do. If something happens, something really great happens, then I call my family, I call my mom. And she's, you know, she's proud of me, and my dad's proud, and my little sister, you know, she's, I think she's going to be 13 this year. She's, you know, wow. really proud of me as well. Yeah, good. Yeah. And so they should be. And um, I'll be very quick. One last question. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're here um, for the He For She campaign. We've been talking a lot about inspirational women. Um, who would you say is your inspirational um, woman or women? Oh, gosh. It so definitely has to be women <laughs> yeah. right now. I know. Um, it's. I'm just around. I, I tweeted this or I Instagrammed this the other day. I want to celebrate International Women's Day every day. It's a year-round thing, and then mm -hmm. some. But I'm lucky to be surrounded by so many great women in my life. So, and these are women that are that work in the same industry as me. You know, I know some great correspondents out here. One of my friends, Sandra Gatman um, Gonzalez, she's an, an amazing international correspondent. My friends over in the UK, Jeanette Quache, Mimi mm -hmm. Fawa. Um, Ebony Rainford Brent, these women really hold me together. You know, we've got a WhatsApp group. Oh, yeah, Michelle Moore as well. Um, these women really <laughs> hold me together. Yeah. When I'm doubting myself or I, I don't, when I think I'm not good enough, you know, I, I spoke to Natasha Henry the other day and she just pecked me up. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that. So um, it's more of a women thing. It's not necessarily one particular woman. Yeah. It's, yeah. everyday women it's women that are mothers it's career women people that I know that really inspire me and really push me on so uh, yeah it has to be that yeah Samantha Johnson thank you so much for talking to us today I really really no, appreciate it thank you for it. inviting me on and again I salute you for doing this you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lack of sleep you're doing it for a great cause and like I said International Women's Day it yeah. shouldn't be a day it should be and like, it should be a life, lifestyle, life thing. Yeah. So well done, ladies. Totally agree, totally agree. Well, thank you so, so much uh, for joining us. Um, and have a wonderful, um, was it, what time did you say? Was it 9 p.m. or 9 It's 9 o'clock now, yeah. I'm just finishing my coffee. Oh, <laughs> what a joy. Um, and thank you so much again. Thank you. Take care, Samantha. All Take right. care. Bye. Bye. Uh, Samantha Johnson um, there and we are going to um, go to a song uh, Black is Beautiful by Chronics we'll be back in a few minutes Here is a story told to the children of Africa 
That was uh, Black is Beautiful by Chronics. Um, now, if you want to support us, the He for She campaign, we would love you to support us. We would love some money. If you could text UNWN15, uh, followed by the amount you want to donate to 770. All money donated is going towards changing the reality for women and girls globally. And we are working with uh, UN Women UK here at FUBA for our 24-hour live marathon. And we finish at 5pm. I'm currently joined. Uh, by Michaela Stark. Um, Mick, welcome. So happy you're Thank here. Thank you. Um, now, uh, Made With Style. It's What made you come up with the idea of Made With Style? Oh, okay. So basically, I guess it would have all started when I used to be a performer. And believe it or not, I wasn't always in work. <laughs> really? I know. Can you An believe it? An out-of-work performer? I, it's a lie, I tell you. <laughs> All lies. In my in-between bits, I was working in bridal, but directly with the brides. Mm. And it was working with, you know, some fantastic designers and, you know, working with some really incredible women yeah. and getting them these gorgeous dresses and seeing how happy they were and, you know, and how far forward bridal fashion has come. And it's so stylish now. Mm. And bridesmaids just weren't really catching up and um, they were finding it a real struggle and every bridesmaid was like where do we even start and I was spending hours like researching sending them links of you should go here 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 and here don't be afraid to go you know online and you know these dresses are so stylish they're not necessarily bridesmaids but they'll work and I was putting all this time and effort in and I thought we just need one hub where bridesmaids can go to Mm -hmm. and see the best of the best and also it just kind of then turned into hen ideas and everything I mean I've spent my whole adult life just wanting to get invited to stag do so that I could go do the fun stuff like the you know the, what's that <laughs> thing where they, where they do the, the football but in a ball yeah in like a hamster yeah, ball yeah yeah that's yeah. what you want I know and I'm like hens can do that too you yeah. know you, you don't have to just you know knit tea cosies there are other things that you can do on a hen do see it's brilliant it's um, such a brilliant idea so it's just like kind of encouraging women to, to do um, more out there stuff for the Hindus, like brewing your own beer, for instance, for the wedding day. Now that'll be good. Could yeah. we get that in here? <laughs> could we brew our own beer? Um, I'm here for three hours. Let's do it. We could do anything three hours. <laughs> trust me. Um, as you know, someone starting up their own business, what's been so far the most challenging aspect? Oh, um, or aspects. <laughs> I suppose kind of uh, imagining that my life would be like Eddie from Abfab and then it not. Right. Obviously, that was, uh, that I was like, was... oh, it's it's fashion, you know. Yeah. It's just going to be lots of fabulous stuff, darling, all the time. Lots of drinking champagne <laughs> and going to catwalks and, you know. Being fabulous. Being fabulous. Um, and then finding out it's, it, yeah, not. So, um... yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, but what is it like? What What is the, the, the difficult points? Is it the fact that you are working on your own quite a lot? Yeah, I have to say, um, I've been incredibly lucky in finding the Prince's Trust who have supported ah, me yeah. um, on my journey. And um, without them, I don't think I could have done it because it is an incredibly lonely process. And you find yourself sat at the desk, you know, one minute it's, it's all bridesmaids and the next minute, you know, you, you've literally built a Japanese panda puzzle. Um, <laughs> Um, you're like, well, on your own. Well, that ha- that's three hours gone. Yes, you know, that's, that's it, it. Going a bit stir crazy, yeah, you know, yeah. up during the night. Um, and it's just having your goals and making sure that, you know, you keep them. And um, It's yeah, hard pr- to find that motivation sometimes as yeah. well when, you know, maybe you want things overnight or it's just the constant grafting and the isolation as well when you're on your own. Do you miss performing? Was that quite a hard decision? Um, 
it it just kind of happened really mm. um i do sometimes i do still sing um sometimes so i still get to do it um but you know more in an evening thing and it's more yeah. for fun uh but it just kind of happened and yeah now i'm quite happy missing enjoying the journey yeah enjoying the journey um and what advice would you give to people who were thinking about starting their own business um go for it and it's all about timing um, that's so true actually it's yeah. all about timing timing is key with the business and i think really really look at the market and you know be true to yourself is your business idea going to work at this time because if you get the timing right and if you work hard enough it will it will it will happen and that's the thing isn't it i think with a lot of people don't realize um it is that grafting. It's mm. not. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of sacrifices as well because yes. there must be times when you wish you'd rest, rather, you know, go out in the week and, you know, but you can't because you're the sole, you're sole responsible for yeah. for your business. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got some incredible people that work with me now. Yeah. Um, I mean, my nine-year-old niece knows more about tech than I do. <laughs> oh, and... they do, don't they? <laughs> Honestly. Oh, she's, got a be- she's got a better desk than me, for goodness sake. It's ridiculous. I bet she can filter my face a lot better than I can, I'll tell you. Do that uh, right now. That's why you got the tech people to help. <laughs> They're, and all <laughs> They're all there. They're all there. We are obviously here for the He For She campaign. Um, as a female in the entertainment industry and then in in the working world, what kind of prejudices do you come across? Hmm. I have to be honest. Growing up, I, I was very unaware of any of it, to be mm. honest, because I, I came from a family with very, very strong women. I mean, it was just a bit, you know, big family of women yeah. i remember when my cousin james was born it was like my goodness there's a boy in the family what do we do with this what son? do we Strange do with thing. him <laughs> yeah <It's> unemotional <laughs> non-roller coaster non-performer yes well actually i'd say he's a he's a is a he for she absolutely that's what's happened with him yeah oh um, yeah he had and... no choice <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i would say that i i grew up very unaware of it um because i, I never knew any limitations um, growing up, my mum was a very strong businesswoman, mm. and uh, so were many of the women in my family. And it was only when I got a job in reception that all of a sudden I was put in my place as yep. a woman. And I thought, my God, what is happening? Yeah. And then it was upon reflection that you could start to see things. And um, it was really then on that I kind of got more involved in the feminist movement and um, started to realise, you know, what's really going on around Mm. me um, and noticing things more. Yeah, and, you know, um, we've got the Time's Up um, campaign. Do you see this big shift? Do you see this change happening? Because it has over the last, I don't know, six months. It's what we are talking about. But do you see it being a big change or do you think we've still got a long way to go? Massively. I think it's a, I think it's a really big change. And I mm. think um, the biggest thing as well is, is to just keep reminding ourselves that, you know, I, I, quite, I quite often hear people say things like, but, you know, um, there are things going on around the world that we can't even imagine as women over here. And my answer to that is... It starts here, you know, mm. and, and as, as I'm we can seeing, make a difference. Yeah, as I'm seeing us progressing mm. here in the West, you see things progressing elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it does spread. We're, we're a team, you know, mm-hmm. as women across the world. Um, and it does start here. And as we're growing here, it's certainly having an impact 
on the rest of the world, you know, we're reducing trafficking, human trafficking, and, you know, things are improving all over the world for mm. women. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, we're definitely seeing the change and it's going to be a generational thing as well, of course, because it's what we teach our children, yeah. um, which then spreads and you will see more women going forward for, you know, positions that, you know, are currently aren't filled by women. And uh, it's exciting times. No, it's exciting times. And I actually think this younger generation coming through are very lucky because they are witnessing mm. this right now. They're witnessing the conversation. Um, and I, one, in, quite a few interesting points have been brought up, actually, because I've always been a bit, oh, it's so bad that we've got things like Instagram. I feel sorry for, for the youngsters. Mm. But actually, this is where they're learning a lot of this, you know, and yeah. seeing, you know, the Time's Up debate. They're seeing it on social media. So actually where these, uh, the younger generation are, they're very advantaged, aren't they? Yeah, well, and, and also the question is, it, it, is seeing that, is it balancing it out? Because obviously there are the negatives of how, you know, uh, open kids are now to the internet, you know, and how they're seeing things that we wouldn't have seen when we were younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, which sometimes they're saying, you know, is a negative impact and obviously, you know, the body confidence and with Instagram and everything like that. Um, but, you know, you, you do have a certain amount of balancing it out with seeing the positivity online as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, it's it's exciting time uh, to be here and it's exciting to to witness this uh, this change um yeah and i'm glad and very proud that we can do a show like this i'm very happy to be like here this. with you rachel so excited thank <laughs> you um right we have um a lucy spragan interview coming up oh i can see it i was trying to fill then like a, like the good and that i am um <laughs> i will be back we will be back in about 10 minutes time so do not go anywhere I I've got treats and joy and joy and treats in store all the way through till 5 p.m. And that's a promise. Um, so I'll see you very, very soon. This is uh, Lucy Spragan, who I spoke to you a little bit earlier on. On the phone line right now, we've got singer-songwriter Lucy Spragan. Lucy, hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. I'm freezing. I can't bear it. Lucy, let's let's just chat all about you. I've been kind of looking into, and I remember, and I'm not sure if you still like people talking about X Factor. Do you still like people talking about X Factor, by the way? I don't mind it. It's just that I've spoken for many, many years <laughs> about it. And I don't think there's a single question that I haven't been asked. But oh, that's good. That's very good. Well, you know what? It's weird. I was looking back. And number one, I was more shocked that it was in 2012. Made me feel very oh, old. Old now. <laughs> I had no idea that your audition video was viewed more than 40 million times. I have a fun piece of trip for you. It was the third most watched video in the world in 2012. That, what does that feel like? At the time, I was like, well, this is strange. Because I'd had like... 2,000 hits on video. So, yeah, it was it was mad. That year I ended up being the most Googled musician as well, which was fun. <laughs> That's, which was which was different, I suppose. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk about your love of music. Where did it all begin? I mean, I know you, you, you love artists like Don McLean, uh, Kirsty McCall, but, you know, who was it that first, I guess, introduced you to music? Was it your your family? Who, when, when did you yeah. become aware? I think, I think everybody's parents sort of like all the adults in their life influence music that they listen to and that was quite similar for me like my mum was always a big folk fan and yeah just in the back of the car listening along because she loved a bit of punk rock and a bit of folk and um, so cool yeah 
just, yeah, she was quite cool. So cool. Back in the day. <laughs> it kind of just grew from there. And I started writing poetry initially, generally like funny songs about people, like teachers and things. So then when did it all become, because, you know, your sound mark kind of trade, we've got here, it's the rattle of rap dropped into sing-along folk style numbers. So Whoa. It's good, I know. <laughs> when did that, those two worlds then combine? Your, I guess your love of rap, your love of folk, um, you, you know, you mentioned there about the poetry. When did that all combine into the style that well, we know you? I've always liked rappers. I like Black Alicious and Biggie. Brilliant. And then I like Dolly Parton as well. Oh, Parton. Well, and, but her lyrics, right, her lyrics are so, they have a story. And Harper Valley PTA is my favourite song of hers. And it's just this story that you just get completely involved in. But it's the same with rap. Not many people know this, but. I was in a rap group as a kid. I was called LD. <laughs> oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I know, it's horrific. I've, oh. I've managed to get rid of all traces of it. That's amazing. But that was where I sort of started writing stories. And then as my guitar playing was sort of developing, I, I started singing. And I, I do a lot more singing now. Than I than I ever sort of did, you know, when I was on the X Factor or before that. So it's just constantly changing. And do you think the singing is that just because it's more of a commercial? Would you say you have to kind of maybe sing more to, because you're doing more shows, or is this just the way you're adapting and you're enjoying singing more? I mean, I've got songs that are more like rap based or spoken wordy. I've got a song called Dear You from my last record, which is about mental health. It's a series of letters from one person to another, so I had to have a lot of lyrics and mm. things can't really sing them. I think I just like singing. I, I was actually in a writing session and wrote this song, and as I was singing it, I thought, whoa, I didn't realise I could actually sing like that. So <laughs> I wish I could say that. that was like four, three or four years ago, and um, just since then I've sort of been just teaching myself to do a bit more and not be as self-conscious, I think the thing was. Yes, and that's probably very key because I guess I guess it's quite raw and personal because you're writing, I suppose, emotions, things that happen to you. So you've got to be, it is very raw, isn't it? Putting then your work out there for people to yeah. like or not like. Definitely. And uh, all of my songs are uh, to do with something that that is, you know, that is one of my experiences. I actually cried on stage once at the lead That was an embarrassing one. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. You're like, no, it was horrendous. Tony. No, it was awful. And then you know, you know when you get that proper like belly cry, you can't stop. Oh my stop. God, you can't stop. And then the audience started like cheering. No, so they are. You get like that double, like, oh, this is, I just... I had to finish the song. Like my band were all laughing at me. I had mascara going down my face. And let's face it, none of us are pretty criers. No matter what we no, say, oh, no. none of no. us. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel your pain. How do you write? Like some people love just I don't know locking themselves away for weeks on end to write. Some people are, can just write very very quickly, very easily. How do you do it? Do you have to lock yourself away? It really depends, and it could be anywhere. I've written songs in four minutes and then I've written some yeah. songs in like four years it just comes as it comes really but if I do sort of lock myself away then I know it doesn't work it doesn't work at all especially since I got a PlayStation 4 like that <sighs> that is the world's biggest what are people what's doing? It called? Uh, Distraction? Yeah, well, yeah. That's it. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. That's the key word here. Oh, wow. That's taking your whole creative juices to a whole new level, isn't it? 100%. <laughs> what was it like? I mean, it says here 60 headline shows. You've appeared in 
many festivals. What was it like in Glastonbury? Oh, it was unbelievable. I yeah. sound like a big crier now. Well, I'm not judging. <laughs> I cried after Glastonbury because that for me was such a ridiculous... You know, not many people get to play Glastonbury. No. Not many people get invited. And especially the people that came from reality TV. Mm. And I know, you know, I did all my own songs and things like that, but you still... You still keep that stigma with you. And so I think, as far as we know, I'm the only person from X Factor that's ever played Glastonbury. So to sort of have that was just unbelievable. And just before the set, I went out to look if there was anyone in there. I played the acoustic stage, and it's massive. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, there's no one there. Ten minutes before, I was, like, going to be sick. I was so nervous. Yeah. And then I walked out on stage, and it was absolutely rammed. <gasps> and literally, people couldn't get in. And it, oh was just, it was so overwhelming. I loved it. Oh, my God. And that's something that will stay with you forever. And that buzz afterwards must have been incredible. Well, literally, the whole audience singing along and... I just came off stage and just bawled my eyes out. Pushed it. It was mad. It was mad. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at well, what's coming up for you uh, this year. I, I believe you're writing album number five due for release early 2019. How long does it yeah. take to write an album? Or is that like saying um, how long is a piece of string? Yeah, well, yeah that's <laughs> exactly like that because I have no idea. I think I've got about six songs. Oh, wow looking at like 13 to 15 songs yeah i'm just yeah i'm writing that I'm, I'm heading off to texas in a week to go and play south by southwest festival over there amazing um, spent a couple of weeks in america and i've put i put on eight pounds in two weeks oh it's like a challenge isn't it we'll do it <laughs> we all embrace it. It. it yeah i literally ate and drank whatever i wanted so i'm doing that while i'm working over so there. proud after that, we've got some mad festivals. We've got Kendall calling. I'm actually going to be the um, first ever female headliner on the second day of Kendall calling, which is pretty cool. Wow! And, and again, ever in the in the history of Kendall calling. So, it's what does cool. that feel like for you? Do you feel pressure, or or do you just want to embrace it? Like, how do you feel about that? I just think it's wicked because a lot of people are talking about the lack of women at festivals, and you do notice it as a woman. Like yeah. everything in a really. Slow is catered for for like the lads really and all my band are boys it's just really cool to see more women being at these festivals and hopefully hopefully they'll put some loo roll in the artist toilets now that <laughs> ladies are playing there because that's like the most annoying part I love it we can't but, betray we just want the loo roll <laughs> yeah that's it just put the seat down boys <laughs> come and, on um, I'm playing Beers of Theory as well which is one I've always wanted to do it's a uh, proper cool little vibe I've, I've got a vw camper so i'm i'm gonna be hitting all these places in my camper van you're like the gift that keeps on giving aren't you <laughs> <laughs> this is only a new addition i had it custom built and i literally yeah, like did. Wow. it's my favorite thing on the planet so that's what i'm going to be doing all my festivals in my wow. van can travel in a van elsewhere <laughs> oh god yeah that's yours you're keeping that <laughs> yeah, one honestly <laughs> oh, well how do you look after yourself when you go on on tours because obviously i'm doing this 24-hour show how do you kind of stay awake keep yourself healthy or does that again just have to go out the window and adrenaline takes over actually i think staying healthy is really important and for, t for you today 24 hours get that water Get that water down you. Water's yeah. the most powerful <laughs> Hydrate, one. hydrate, hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate. <laughs> and I take my dog with me, which, you know, that's a big, that's a big one, having yeah. the hound. 
Oh, you've got to have the hound. So it's water and dogs. That's it. <laughs> That's all you need. Stay awake for years. What advice would you give people looking to break into the music industry? Would you say don't? Because uh, it's so Probably. tough. Probably. <laughs> Run away. Like, what advice would you give them? I'd, be, I'd say just go into something. That, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I would say, like, in, integrity is massively important. But also, the one thing that I've learned being in this industry and owning a record label and all the various other things, playing shows and it's about consistency and being able to apply yourself like because it gets really, really, really difficult. So you just have to keep your mind set on it and, mm-hmm. and focus and just drive through all those horrible times because they're like majority of the time it's not very nice (laughs) it's very true very true and this is the he for she campaign that we're doing this show for what would you say are women either that have inspired you along the way that maybe still inspire you do you know who i love musically and lyrically and just her vibe on adele ray at the moment well i've loved her for years wow and i just love how she is so she's like an openly just weirdly sexual Mm. just like she just says what she wants to say and she's one of those one of those women in the music industry that you know she just does what she wants um and that for me is a huge just huge inspiration because you don't see that many women doing that takes guts Um, doesn't it yeah yeah brave yeah yeah it is and who else i mean there's plenty of uh, olympians and nicola adams and you know, women women that are in the forefront of the media, I think, at the moment, are under so much scrutiny and so much pressure. So it's it's important to really, like, respect anybody that's putting themselves forward at the moment because it's such a difficult place to be in. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, look, Lucy Spraggan, thank you so, so much for talking to us. I hope thank you. all the festivals um, go amazingly. And good luck with your VW van as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Lucy. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Fubar Radio and UN Women UK present a live 24-hour radio show. 24 hours. That was Queen of the Night by Whitney Houston. And if you have just joined us, welcome to Fubar Radio. I'm Rachel Downey. I'm, um, I am the uh, the presenter for the entire live 24-hour marathon. It's not a sprint. It's so slow, slow. No, do you know what? It's gone very, very quick. Uh, I can't believe it's almost 7 a.m. It's mental. I am joined by Michaela Stark. Um, it's crazy from... Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. But we have daylight. I am very excited about that because it did get to a point, because um, we've got a window in the studio, um, where it was like, am I ever going to see daylight again? <laughs> I feel like a real sad, sad Disney movie. But it was getting to that point of, is this ever going to end? Um, but we are here for the He For She campaign to raise awareness and money for gender equality. If you would like to get involved and donate something... I would be very appreciative. I would doff my cap to you. If you could text UNWN15, uh, followed by the amount you would like to donate to 770, that would be fantastic. All money donated is going towards changing the reality for women and girls globally. And it's so, we've spoken about this, it's so important um, to have this conversation. And how important do you think it is for 
guys to have this conversation to be and since the time's up um campaign begun i know i've got male friends that were surprised by things that have happened to me things mm. have happened they were surprised by how how common it is mm. so how important do you think it is for guys to now be talking about this very important and it's um i think we're definitely seeing it more more and mm. more often and um it's I've certainly noticed growing up the difference in the conversation with my male friends and how it's changing, mm-hmm. um, which has been really good to see. And I feel like, you know, some of the, you know, my male friends are the people that have empowered me as a female the most, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's true. It's, I've, and it, you are seeing the conversation change, definitely. Do you think sometimes that with some guys, it's they don't realise maybe the impact of a certain word. They don't realise the impact of a certain look on a tube that might make a female feel. Do you think sometimes they don't realise this and so therefore it is even more important to have this conversation so they do start realising? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are, <laughs> you've still got some that, that don't even realise um, that maybe an arse grab is inappropriate. So, yeah, we should yeah. definitely keep talking yes. about this. Or touching <laughs> one's uh, knee. Yeah. Oh, don't. No. Yeah. It's, this is my space. Do not invade it. But again, sometimes this isn't excusing anything, but I think, I think sometimes it's... It's a lack of education with it. It's a lack of knowledge. Mm. And they do say, like, knowledge... They do say, like, it is true. They do say knowledge is power. And it is. And sometimes Mm. it's no excuse, a generational thing, or they don't realise. But sometimes people don't. Mm. Um, And that's why it's great that we can have a show like this. um, And to raise awareness about the He For She campaign, the He For She campaign um, is... It's the moment when we realise as women, if we want equality, um, we need to stand side by side men. Women aren't better than men. Men aren't better than women. We are equal. Mm. And that's why this show has uh, men involved in it as well, because it's about working together. How important is it for us to show everyone that we need we need to stand side by side, shoulder by shoulder? How important is that? Um, again, very, mm. very important. But I, I, again, I, I do feel that we're seeing it more and more. Um, now and I don't, I, I don't feel like the dynamic um, between male colleagues is, is as it used to be at all. It's definitely changing. Um, so I think we just need to keep it up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and we will, and that's why this show, um, this this why this show happened. I worked with the UN uh, in, I'm gonna say November, <laughs> but don't quote me on that. It might have been October. Who knows? I don't even know what year I'm in right now. Um, and um, we were talking about the Heaver She campaign, and that's when I got the idea that I really want to do something for the campaign to raise money, raise awareness. I spoke to the guys here at FUBA. Um, I wanted to do a 24-hour show, and this is why we're here. And you know what? If I can reach out to maybe that generation we just spoke about that don't know about the Heaver She campaign, that aren't aware of our plight as it were then this show has definitely been worth it It really has and so far we've had so many um guests um in the studio on the phone lines and we've still got hours and hours and hours ahead of us um let's um now i know we're going to have many more guests um coming up we're going to have um james grundy um in the studio very shortly co-founder of small beer brew which is excellent by the way Michaela, you're drinking it right now i know i I, look i know it's daylight we ain't judging you babe we ain't (laughs) judging you 
I love judging you. I didn't go out on a Friday night. I deserve it. You do deserve <laughs> it. You you really, really do. The thing is, um, it's a bit like being in an aeroplane here. That's not in an aeroplane, in an airport, where you kind of feel like, I could drink. It is. That's, We're that's in Vegas. exactly it. We are in Vegas. Kind of. A little <laughs> bit like Vegas. Um, I did consider coming straight here from the casino. I was like, maybe if I just Can I do that for H? <laughs> can can I? I do that for her? Yes, you can, babe. Yes, you can. Um, we're going to play a quick song, then we're going to get James Grundy in the studio. We're going to play Gold Line by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. We'll be back in a few minutes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.